Welcome to the Legends and Masters show, everyone. I'm your host, Tom Wheeler, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. He is a very talented stunt performer, stunt coordinator, and actor. He's been bringing action to television and movies for almost two decades. Chances are you've seen his work and are a big fan. So I want to welcome the legendary man of action himself, Lloyd Bateman, everybody. Hello, sir. How's it going? Hi. How are you? Good, good. I'll, I'll add the, the audience a pause in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to forgive me. I'm a little nervous in interviews. <laughs> oh, no, not not here, not here. And, you know, we, we like to keep things interesting with this show. Uh, you know, it's very conversational laid back, uh, as we've discussed uh, over email. But also, uh, you know, any footnotes. So, like, we're not going to go linear. That's kind of boring. You know, I was like, okay, on year 2012. Uh, so, uh, you got – I, I we don't have all the time in the world to go over your whole career because man, you have been busy. Uh, <laughs> so I like to first start. I mean, I always like to get the, kind of like the elephant out of the room, so to speak. Uh, we have this pandemic craziness going on; it never yeah. ceases, uh, seems to stop. Uh, keeps going and going. So, what have you and, and uh, the family been doing to not only keep busy, or I like the word is uh, to keep busy and sane all at the same time. Um, you know, it's actually been kind of cool because you, film industry, you travel a lot and you spend a lot of time away. So yeah. kind of having a little bit of forced downtime, although it's difficult in many respects, has actually been really good for um, reconnecting a lot with the kids, yeah. um, spending time, even initially doing their homeschooling with them and sitting and um, helping them to figure out how to do their online classes. And then I... I was terrible academically, personally. I didn't sort of blossom until later once I got out, but you know, just growing through that stuff was actually really interesting and really kind of cool. I love new challenges like that. And, and yeah. spending time home has been actually good. Everybody wants to be back at work. Everybody wants some normalcy. <laughs> Everybody wants to go out, of course. But at the same time, it doesn't suck being a bit reclusive, even if it's forced on you and just uh, um, reconnecting with your loved ones in a yeah. way that usually don't you know i i totally agree like we discussed a little before the show started i you know usually seven days a week 12 hours a day teaching yeah. jiu-jitsu and, yeah. and and sambo and judo and uh, you know you know i'm always away mm -hmm. not traveling as as much but always away yeah, and, yeah, out of the house, yeah. yeah and you know in a way like in the first like month or two it was just kind of like i think you know talking to a lot of people it is like whoa this is like a crazy adjustment period but it is yeah you do reconnect and that, that's awesome to hear. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it kind of adds to that in, in, in ways you weren't able to help, you know, get build that time and relationship before. Uh, that, that's awesome to hear. And, and I, what I love hearing too, and that's another thing I love doing these interviews is not only the, like, we're going to get into the amazing television and film that you've done, of course, but, you know, learn more about the people and what they've done. And I, I always love, especially the entrepreneur side of things, uh, you know, how like you and, and your wife, uh, the amazing, uh, talented uh, Rachel Luttrell, uh, who actually will be on the, the show yeah. later in the week. Um, you know, you guys started your own production company. Th th yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Feral Child Productions. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say that we've been trying to sort of get little projects off the ground for many years. But, you know, it's always that, I'm, you know, working, got to make money. But with this forced downtime, we really got to kind of focus in a lot more on uh, some projects that we wanted to do. Initially, we did a little shelter in place project just because, you know, we knew everyone was going to get a little bit frustrated and we wanted to provide some entertainment. So something for people Good to help point. keep it light. And, and it was just a 
tongue in cheek, sort of head poking a little bit of fun at this. And it was really early days still when we did it. And um, it's funny to see how long it's actually gone. And if we'd known, we would have put the little <laughs> ash marks on the wall. It would have been much farther along, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, boy, that was a long time ago we got that one going. So <laughs> we definitely we're working that whole side of like we have our projects that we want to get off the ground. And, and this has been a great opportunity to really hone in and focus in on uh, oh, doing that's a awesome. writing, a lot of like breaking down our concepts and, and talking, building some pitch decks and, and figuring out kind of what's the new way to go. Also, you know, yeah. the breakdown of the, the cinema as we know it and the idea of, of uh, I don't even know, you know, with festivals and the whole art house movement and stuff like yeah. the way that things worked before is going to be totally different. So we want to capitalize on this moment that we have and, and, and the talents that we have between us to, to try and grow something in the meantime, you know, plant the seeds now so that hopefully yeah. as we get back to normal, yeah. those will grow. Right? You know? yeah. Great, great point. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, yeah, it's not going to be ever normal again, be like a new normal. Yeah. And, yeah. and what better time to do it? Uh, that's, right. that's amazing to hear. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dab into that a little more and, and kind of bounce around with that, those ideas, but I loved uh, hearing that aspect of, of, of things and, and, and including your kids, which I just want to uh, ask, uh, with your son, Caden, yes. um, please tell me you got his middle name from Dar Robinson. Am I? All right. There we go. <laughs> it's a two-parter, though. It's a two-parter because, obviously, that's a huge respect thing. And in the industry, he's right. a legend. But also, um, because I'm English, we used to call my grandfather Dar, right? So that was a big oh. thing for me, too. So it was kind of like a two-fold tie-in that, that we did his middle name that way. But it was definitely <laughs> a tribute to Dar Robinson as well. That's awesome. I figure I take a stab. I'm like, it's got to be in the ballpark at least. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, lo love, love the, the the hat nod there. Um, and awesome, awesome name. Uh, so, speaking of, I mean, you just mentioned there. Uh, yeah, you are. You were born in England, but you also yeah. kind of. I'll let you tell your kind of your own origin story here, but you kind of bounce between yeah, like like South Africa <laughs> and. Uh, please, please go into that because that is super interesting. So, well. Well, my parents met actually in Nigeria, oddly enough. Uh, my mom was a stage actress. She did a lot of music theater um, back in England, but sort of quit that and got into a, oh, a day okay. job with her, her father's company, which was NCR, the National Computer Registry. That was wow. a company that sort of invented the ATM machine, et cetera. Um, oh, and okay. she was doing, I guess, that, like they were installing these new machines and um, resorts in odd places in England and Africa, you know, obviously that's lengthy connection, but um, my dad yeah. was there because he worked in casinos. So, you oh, know, so he's like all over with cash it. machines and casinos kind of go hand in hand. So I guess, yeah. you know, in that <laughs> circumstance and then uh, um, not long after that, I came around and they didn't want to have me in Africa because of hospital conditions, et cetera. So we yeah. back to England um, and then immediately went back to Nigeria. So my first four years were there. And then we, we immigrated to Canada, stayed there for a minute, and then my dad got another job offer in South Africa in Sun City. And we went back from Ontario to South Africa for another year. Um, and unfortunately, they ended up splitting at that point. And so my, my mom brought us kids back to Ontario. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, interesting. Ontario, wow. then eventually moved over to Vancouver, to Victoria, actually, because um, my grandparents had moved over there uh, to retire. Gotcha. Interesting. And then uh, Vancouver film industry, I wanted to do it, so that's where it kind of took off. It was Vancouver. Wow, that's man, really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's tough too, you know, like, um, especially with like accents, like sometimes I'm sure like, you know, being, you know, primarily growing up in, in Canada, I, I imagine at, at that point, uh, like my, my dad's originally from like East yeah. Kentucky, a very thick Southern accent, but you, once yeah. in a while you hear the little, we just actually got back from a trip. I helped him, uh, uh, yeah. move some stuff there. And every now and then it's like, Hey man, you know, it just kind of kicks in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the thing is, you know, kids, kids are susceptible to, um, being picked on and whatever. And if you've got an accent when you're young, you tend to lose it pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, or become adaptable, you know, you kind of like, mm, how can I fit in better? And so, uh, Interesting. If you have a good ear, you kind of pick up on whatever's going. So, I think I'd probably have evolved a weird mishmash of Eastern Canadian, Western Canadian, LA. Now over here, I'm sure I'll pick up some more. Yeah. It'll turn into what I don't know, whatever. You just do, yeah. you gotta do that. You gotta mix it, in. You gotta, you gotta yeah, uh, keep it, up with the time. It makes people feel more comfortable when you sort of feel and sound like them. So, mirroring a little bit, yeah. kind of picking up on how people vibe and talk and whatever, it, it actually makes people feel a lot more comfortable. So, it is yeah i've noticed that too especially if you know i mean i always like learning different languages you know i i know how to at least you know greetings and at least uh like at least 20 languages um and yeah as soon as you start saying that you know yeah immediately kind of cuts the ice so it breaks the ice so to speak and you're good to go now speaking of your travels and and you know you speak uh portuguese and a major reason why is your passion uh you develop for capoeira that's right uh, yeah, you, I, I, fell, I fell in love with it. I guess it must have been 1991 or 92. I saw a trailer at the movie theater for Only the Strong with Mark Dacosta. Oh, nice. And, and to, my, I, my mom took me to see a movie. I don't even remember what the movie was, but I remember the trailer. And we're both like, what is that? That's really cool. And then didn't hear anything about it for a little while. And then uh, my mother decided that she wanted to do some theater stuff and put on kind of a, a cultural event and brought really? oh. people from all over. She brought up a shaman woman from Peru and a bunch of people to do this like eco-cultural wow. exchange on stage with dance and music. She just oh, had this cool. passion for doing stuff like that and put on the show and she brought this band over from Vancouver to play samba and they did a capoeira demonstration and I was like, ah! again. <laughs> and, you know, subsequently we talked to them and at, you know, late 17 years old, uh, I made a deal to like move over to Vancouver and move in with this this guy, Mestre Bahang, for my Shekapueta and, and live in his house for a little while, train, try it out, see what happened. Uh, and I never turned back, you know, he tested me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Now, if <laughs> I'm correct, correct, yeah. is, is this him? Yep, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know, what's funny yeah. is, uh, you know, doing jujitsu, especially I've been doing it since like mm -hmm. 2004 and, you know, it does take a wear on the body. So trying to focus yeah, more right. on movement. Yeah. I've been getting, you know, obviously into Janessica natural. I actually got certified, uh, cool. Alvaro Romano, the, the yeah. founder of that, which mm -hmm. he's amazing. And then I'm like, man, I love, always love Capoeira and I always want to learn more. So I, I, there wasn't a lot to find, but you know, he's got some stuff yeah. on YouTube and mm -hmm. that's like the dude. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the amazing thing is he came from a, like a small town, he had nine brothers and sisters, a bunch of them passed on. His mom lived, he, his greatest joy was that he got to buy his mother a house. Like he left wow. a favela, like hillside favela in Pernambuco in the Northeast of Brazil and managed to get to Canada and teach a bunch of us punk Canadians how to like <laughs> integrate into their culture and speak the language. And brought, he was super proud to bring us all back. And we got to go to Brazil to his hometown 
and play on the streets where he grew up with the people wow. that he grew up with um, and compete and do all that. And, you know, it was, like, it, was a, it was a big deal. And that was just sort of the beginning. You know, we opened the first academy in Canada. I got to be a part of that. Wow. And then okay. he um, has turned it into a world phenom. He grew the group so big. Sure. For you know, sure. it's international and he's got people all over the world and, and he's done amazing things. And I got to be, I was lucky enough to be a part of this, the inception of that, where, you know, oh. the albums with him, play instruments on the album, sing. Oh, that's amazing, man. Group and help present his vision to the world when it was just getting off the ground. So, you know, very fortunate to, to have been a part of that whole thing. That's pretty unbelievable. And, it, yeah. and I, I want to say, like, doesn't that help segue quite a bit from, not just capoeira and do martial arts, but into what would become your career, you know, starting a up a stunt. Percent. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. A million percent. Um, a, lot, a lot of what he taught me about, you know, sticking to stuff, being strong, not giving up. Um, because the film business is like that too. It's like, they don't want you. And if they tell you they don't want you and you give up, then you didn't want it enough, you know? And people will tell you, like, no, it's not for you, bro. You're not, you know, and then maybe you'll do well and maybe they'll be like, no, nah, you're done. Like, that's it. And you just got to keep knocking on the door and showing up because if you don't want it bad enough, it'll spit you out for sure. That's, uh, that's same thing a great with point. Yeah. If, if you, if you give up ever, it's because you didn't want it enough, you know? Um, and, you know, there's a graceful period where you probably ebb into the next thing, of course, but yeah, uh, we all have to grow. We all have to change. We all have to shift and change our perspective and grow into whatever our next level of evolution is in our careers, in our training yeah. and all of that. And, you know, obviously I don't train the six or seven hours a day, seven days a week, excluding perhaps Christmas. And if you had, yeah. a, you know, deadly injury or illness, uh, we used to train our asses off and we didn't have, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a choice. The door was always there. They're like, you're a grown up. You can do whatever yeah. you want. But <laughs> yeah. Right. We might not welcome you back, you know, like whatever. It's just what it is. Like suck it up, buttercup, get in there. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. I, I that's yeah, I love I mean, that. You know, it, it's yeah. very inspiring because it is true. I mean, if you really want something, you know, uh there's so many avenues, right? You can go to Juilliard and become an actor, or there's another way of not just uh or theater, or you just fell into the business starting with stunts, and then that be I see so many fast or, or I interviewed a lot of stunt performers at this point. And uh, for me, I always thought like, yeah, martial arts background for sure. But quite a few, uh, some are dance and many are gymnastics uh, background. Totally. And gymnastics and dance are fantastic backgrounds because performance is critical. You know, yeah. in fact, I, I don't know 100 percent because it's hearsay, but I heard that, you know, one of the first things Chad Stahelski did with 8711 because there was no choreography books on martial arts for actors right. in training. There's yeah. a bunch of dance training and whatever in order to figure out how to structure oh, it in order to pass that along. And again, like I said, that's hearsay. It might not be 100% accurate. I can see um, that, though. But that's a genius move. Like, you don't just do, yeah. okay, it's martial arts. i got to teach it like this. You teach the way people need to learn something for performance. Um, because yeah. an actor is not there to be a fighter. They're there to give a performance. Perform, and if you yeah. teach the movements within the performance, within their world, within their skill set, you're going to get a much better deal than if you just teach them how to kick and punch. Because sure. ultimately, kicks and punches, nobody remembers the beats. You know, they remember the gags, yeah. the moments, remember the the peril. The, like, that's what people care about when they yeah. watch a story. You know? I, I, I have the story. I, yeah. But 
I guess we used to tour and do school shows for little kids. Okay. And it was funny because this it really stood out to me that, you know, I I do a tumbling pass with a really big gag, like a big, you know, back double twist fold yeah. over at the time on, you know, on the stage. I'm like, I'm dope. I'm so good. Watch <laughs> yeah. this. And the little kids. I'm like like six year olds. They're like because yeah. they don't they don't they don't get it. And then yeah. a guy comes out and he does a handstand. And he claps his feet and he stands on his hands and he keeps clapping his feet and the kids lose their mind. Like they lose it. They start applauding. They're screaming. They love it because it's simple enough for them to understand. That makes a lot. And that's the what you're telling the story for. Yeah. That's the audience. Moment. It's something that they connect to. It's something that they get. They almost feel like they could do it. And they, they get on board for that. Um, if it's too complex, if it's too crazy, everyone's like, eh, they get yeah. bored. They check out. This is not something yeah. that's in the wheelhouse. It's not, the average person doesn't care. They don't know how to do any of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And they don't know how like you know much goes into mastering that technique or something. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't they register. No or, yeah. They can barely do 10 push-ups. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm here for this <laughs> man. I want to know what's the point. Where are we going? Yeah. That's all they care about. Like, you know, so connecting those dots for people is really is really the most important part. And if you can do yeah. that in an interesting way, and you can do it in like a grounded, realistic way with solid martial arts or with whatever the action is, whether it's amazing car driving, if it's too perfect, people kind of don't get it. If it's too amazing, if it's too clean, people just yeah. don't get it. But if you add that, whoa, they're not going to quite pull it around. It's just off kilter enough where they do that trick and they might land on their head. People are right. like, because they feel that that adrenaline kicks in, and all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, this guy's like, oh, they, they, yeah. Like, you think, think about the fights in the, the first Born film. The probably the most memorable part in it is when he stabs the pen into his hand. You're like, ah, I get it. Yeah. Because you feel that. But I bet yeah, you yeah. remember any of the other choreography in it. You know, when the dude gets Great point. Think about the rate redemption when he bounced the guy's head off the wall four times. You're like, oh, 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 Jesus. But you don't remember what all the – you don't remember that stuff. You remember the moment. You're like, whoa, yeah. Jesus, I get that. It sticks. It clicks. And that's the thing. I, I love that. That And, that, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, that's what you're selling. You're, you're telling the story with the action. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot – that's why a lot of people, like, they, they really register things. Let's say, like, uh, uh, the John Wick films, uh, you know, they're, they're applying their big thing. They're applying like actual techniques. Like, you know, people oh. are actually do breakdowns. Like here's the judo. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the, the storytelling process of that. And so just, just, you know, plain old action. Absolutely. But it's amazingly visceral and you see yeah. him doing it and you feel his struggle and he doesn't always quite get it. And then there's some cool quick beats and he's clean, but then there's like a, Oh God. And there's like that fight. And you see him put in that extra 10% and he gets it. And you're like, Oh, that was close. Yeah. They get you on the edge of your seat in an amazing way. And that's, that's where it is. You know, that's, that's where the magic. roller coaster ride is. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, like, yeah, I, I say this quite a bit on the show, especially with stunt performers. Um, and, and even getting the terminology right with that. I mean, that's, you know, action designs, you know, it's more that route or stunt performer. Uh, yeah. It's interesting for me, like, you know, besides like the Taurus Awards, there's not really big awards for stunt performing. And, and you know, yeah, obviously you got the acting and, and the dialogue and the story, but like when you watch the, the trailers, boom, that's all, <laughs> that's all stunt people, man. Yeah. And to further your point, 
the thing that people don't understand is that action design isn't just about all the choreography and the thing. It's about helping design with the director and the cast how to get from moment to moment in an interesting way that's new and creative that services those points. And that's the action design part. It's not just about an amazing martial artist or amazing right. driver motorcycle. That's not it. And so at this point in the game, when everyone's like, hey, what about stunts for, a tour, for, for an Oscar? It's not like you just hired that Yahoo off the street to come in and fall down and get hurt so that our okay, actors- yeah. So, and I think that there's a perception of that. I think that there's a problem that everybody still kind of thinks that some people are, are uh, pardon the insult. Go, yeah, go for it. Uh, the Johnny Knoxville, jackass style. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. I'm the craziest, I'm gonna do it. Cause they're not. It's no. performance yeah. art and it's a magic show and it takes a great deal of planning and precision and thoughtfulness in order to design the safest, most repeatable, most thrilling action in that danger zone. And if you, if you, if you, if it's not repeatable, it's not a stun. Uh, That's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. It's very interesting. Or even, you know, like, you know, some people, um, we had uh, Bobby Holland Hanton on and, and uh, amazing guy. And he's going through, he literally went through like stunt performer college, you know, Oh, dude, and and but like, it's crazy. Just like uh, you know, every little aspect they go through. And I and I, I talked to a lot of people like they may have this speciality, so it's background. Yeah. But you know, you're always learning new things, whether it's wire work or car work or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's always that uh, adding to the tool belt. But for you, what do you find? Like, I guess, yeah, it's it, you know, for the tool belt of a stunt performer, what what is the kind of best mindset? Would it be more the storytelling aspect besides just obviously taking fall or, you know, things like that? There's a, there's a, there's phases. And I would say that your initial phase when you're getting into the biz and you're trying to be a new stunt performer, you have to have the greatest skill set and pocket full of tools that you can have. So either you're super specialized or you're an amazing generalist. And there's, there's wonderful performers who are both. There's wonderful performers who are like, um, Bobby, for example, who's a wonderful specialist and he's like a body physical acrobat fight, whatever guy, you put him on a wire, yeah, you do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you were going to perhaps do a really intricate car chase, you might put another guy in there who's another specialist. But there's also guys who are wonderful generalists that aren't as good physically, that aren't as good at the whole car thing, whatever, but they're really good um, to, a, to a very strong degree at most of those. Generally, these days, I think there's less of that. I think more people are specialists these days. Um, okay. But, but there's also still, you know, a, a strong uh, set of performers who are, are very good generalists. And you can put them in any spot, and you know they're good. You know they're going to rock it. You know that they're, gotcha. they're safe. You trust them. They're eyeballing things. They're keeping – they've got their, their visions wide. They're not tunnel vision. They're not dicking around and checking their phone and whatever. They're focused on everything that's happening. And as soon as you reach for a pad, they're already there with it for you. They're already focused on everything that everybody needs. They're aware of what the director is going to ask for next. They're looking at the storyboards and they know what the next setup is going to be. Like, gotcha. Wow. They're ahead of the game. And that's a huge asset. So if anyone uh, who's listening is sort of younger and, and looking for any right. advice, 
it would be be have the biggest tool set you can specialize if you can if you're an athlete who's won awards and whatever that's a huge asset but if you can be heads up and be focused on everything that's going on and understand how a film set runs and be where you need to be before you're asked to be there this is the best thing you can do wow that's that's great great advice yeah it makes so much so much sense, and and honestly, I mean, you're a legendary uh, in the business, man. I mean, you you've been in so that. so many things. Well, I, I I'm allowed to uh, uh, embellish up on you here. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm here, you know. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I mean, like that's what I love about, and especially when it comes to stunt performing and stunt court, mm -hmm. I, and I love the progress. Like the, uh, it seems almost like a natural progress for many to start off, let's say, stunt performing, and kind of working your way up, and then stunt coordinating or mm -hmm. fight coordinating and working way up. And next thing you know, you're like a, a second unit director and so on and so forth. I love seeing that. And, and, you know, you've done, done all that. And I, and I, and we'll go in, in a little bit like uh, the future of things. So I'm really excited yeah. to, to go into that area as well. But uh, man, you like you stunt double, for example, for some Hollywood's elite, like Tom Cruise, uh, Till Schweiger, yeah. Tom Hardy, Jason Statham. Uh, just, man, I mean, what's it like, um, I guess, you know, we'll, we can go into individual things sure. in a second, but what's it like for you just, you know, acclimating to each individual person? You have to stunt double, for example, and then uh, I'm not sure, like break, you know, getting that rapport going and then doing the, your business. Uh, let me start with Jason Statham because that's an interesting one. Jason Statham. I was really young when I doubled him and I was really like just gung-ho to do whatever and I didn't really get it with the build the rapport. And I learned a lot on that one because it was a lot about like, you like your actor, mimic how they move, how they talk, how they walk okay. into their being. And don't just be athletic like a gymnast or, or do what you can do. Try to, try, to, try to do it the way they would do it better, obviously, because you need to be able to make it cool. Yeah. Um, but do it the way they would do it, you know, and try to make it – if you're diving through the air and you got to do a dive roll or a front tuck or smash a door or, or hip check somebody or grab somebody, even if it's just like a moment where you're pulling yeah. someone towards you, do it the way they would do it. That was a bit, that was like a huge lesson oh, on that day because yeah. I hadn't doubled a lot of people. I'd done, uh, you know, like a lot of ND work or a lot of like my own character stuff, but not really a ton of doubling. Um, yeah. And he's very particular as an actor about how he's represented on screen. He's very particular oh, yeah, for sure. the way that it looks and if it looks like it's him. He really wants to be represented in a way that if you're doing the stunt, know for sure that he's going to do all his fights and gotcha. stay out of his way and just let him, you know, be there when you're needed, but be quiet and stay out of the way. He doesn't want to see in his eye line or any of that. And that's right. a, a big thing too. Some people think they need to be really effusive and really close to their actors and make friends. Some people just don't want to see you. They just want you to show up, do your thing, get, get out of there. You know, like don't don't be around. Just like interesting. Yeah, I mean, be yeah. really good, but don't be there. It's annoying. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in you. I this is. I just need to do what I'm doing. And that's a I, uh, side note. I think a lot of that, like people get get confused about the whole like don't make eye contact stuff. Mm. It's not that people don't want you to make eye contact is like a nice thing. If you know, if you happen to catch eyes or whatever nod nicely yeah. but look away because it's not because they're mean or they're assholes it's because they're working and they're trying to focus yeah. on what they got to do and if they're everywhere they look someone's like trying to catch their eye yeah it's distracting and they can't do a job and, you know they're there for one reason they're there to do a job it makes so much sense yeah yeah, yeah. and if, if you're like 
if you're just sort of always present trying to trying to show that you're there it yeah. can easily get misconstrued as you're just trying to get in their get their attention because you're a fan um oh i get it yeah and they don't want to see that they're you know you, you know it sometimes someone will walk up to you and they're just a little too like yeah <laughs> even just a yeah. normal person you don't know why but you're just like a little weirded out like back off bro <laughs> Yeah. I don't know who you are. Like, maybe, you know, maybe the next conversation you can work that out. But at that moment, it's just a bit distracting and a bit weird. So that was like yeah. kind of so a So that's the professionalism of it, of course. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Some people like Till Til Shrug is amazing. He's yeah. like a great human being. Um, he Super cool. worked yeah. with him in Vancouver and then he flew me out to Germany for like seven pictures. All German. I was the only uh, North American cast on the whole, <laughs> like in the whole yeah. thing. He was like, I like him. People would ask him all the time, why Why you got this, you know, Canadian guy or whatever? What's he doing here? Why? And he's like, what difference does it make if I fly a guy from Hamburg or if I fly a guy from Canada? It's still a flight. Like, I'm going to use the guy I want to yeah. get. Get out of my face. It's, not, yeah. it's better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he was. And that, that was sorry, was that for, uh, shoot, uh, was it Shoots Angle? Uh, yeah, even before that, I did one called One and a Half Nights. Shoots oh, okay. Angle. Um, Fire Kukin, like a, a bunch of movies that he did. I got, I was wow. lucky to, to go out and work with him. And he's just really, really generous, really a wonderful, Amazing. wonderful actor, wonderful father, wonderful human being, great director, producer in his own right. Amazing. Um, and, and I got to do, it was funny because I got to, when I doubled Tom Hardy, he ended up playing the bad guy on that movie. Right. And he came in the makeup trailer and was like, hey, traitor. <laughs> that you're my guy. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Hey man, you come from England originally, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't know you were gonna be here. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that, that's amazing, amazing to hear. And and yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Not not just people in front of the camera, like actors and things like that, but people yeah. behind the camera. Man, there's so, so much amazing talent uh, that you've got to work with. And uh, that was going to be a question, mine. Just like, yeah. you know, what kind of lessons? I imagine you're learning. Just, it's, it's like almost like college on set. You know, you're probably learning so much. What are some lessons that kind of has helped you in, in your career and stuck in your head? I know there's probably a lot, but what? what there's a lot. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's been. I always I always try to take it from a, a like a learning standpoint if I can. Um, and I've been lucky enough to kind of be that fly on the wall when it's just been, you know, A-list actor, director, and then me. You know, for whatever reason, I was, they might catch a piece of me or whatever, you know. Lots of moments like that. When I was early on, even in my career, I just sort of landed in lucky spots like that where wow. um, I got to listen and pay attention a lot. And even when I was, like, getting started in the 90s and trying to do extra work to be on set, I would make a relationship with the wranglers, the background wranglers, mm -hmm. to be like, hey, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. I'm not going to make any waves, but can I stand closer? Because I want to watch what's going on. You know, and so I would try to get as close as I could just to sort of keep an eyeball on, on what was happening so that I could uh, pay attention to it and, and try and learn as much as I could. Um, and I, I honestly think that it, it's, it is the greatest learning experience. You can never get it in film school. Watching professionals do what they do, and right. the level, like right there, it's there, and all you got to do is shut your mouth, open yeah. your ears, and open your eyes, and it's the best schooling you could ever imagine. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to see like some greats and some you know neophytes that fell on their face, but also yeah. young new new directors that were like super incredible to watch that later grew into better careers and. And just, you know, like 
seeing old tired actors who you'd think under a certain circumstance would just break, but then watching them be troopers and, and crush it and do this amazing work that you just yeah. know that they love what they're doing. Cause anyone else would have been like, I'm yeah, out right. of here. Yeah. And shit weather and people yeah. are bothering them. And they're just like, this, okay. yeah. and then they just zone in and they just get, and it's like the most amazing thing you can't, I mean, you'd it's be stupid not to learn. It's so practical yeah. and hands-on like, right. Oh, you yeah. can't beat that. No, you, you, can't. you can't. That's, a, that's unbelievable. Uh, okay. I want to start diving into some of the, the projects you have been a part of. Sure. And uh, we'll start with the, the big one right up front here. And that's uh, Avengers <laughs> Infinity War and on the other side, Avengers Endgame. You know, that little, that little, that little project. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I, and I saw too, like, you know, stunts for one and, and you got more involved in from that. Can you just kind of tell your story with just, I guess, even getting involved with it and then go through it? Well, um, I've known um, Monique Gannickson, first of all, since 2003 and Sam Hargrave, Hargrave, sorry, um, through her, et cetera, and through the other people that I had worked with. And for many years, sort of, she had been advocating to like, hey, Lloyd's good at this stuff. You know, he can shoot and edit and also perform and you can put him in pockets and, you know, okay. try to get me on a couple of shows. It didn't really work out. And then she said, hey, send a reel of like everything you've shot, whatever, like include some visual effects, include some whatever. So I put the thing together, um, a little reel, and I sent it off for them to look at. And Sam called me and he was like, so, you know, come out for three months to Georgia and, and uh, if you're available, you know, just give it a shot, see how it goes. Wow. Um, and I told my wife, I was like, I have to, <laughs> I have to make this book. I have to yeah, at yeah. Least attempt to prove that I am worthy, that I can hang, that I can keep going. Oh, I see. And yeah. that, that I can stick around and, and fortunately, I tried to give as much as I could. And fortunately they were like, okay, yeah, it's, it's working out. All right. And I, I got to kind of stick around a little longer and then a little bit longer after that, a little bit longer after that. So right from uh, the beginning of prep for the two films, cause they shot them back to back. Yeah. Um, but they shot mostly in order. It was mostly infinity war first and then Endgame. Okay. Um, but we sort of were, were like revisiting, developing, shooting, editing, putting okay. together etc and kind of leapfrogging sequences and building towards and then you know some guys went off to ink to scotland and so because of that i got to do the hulk stuff and oh cool that okay. out cool and then that kind of helped me stick around a little bit longer etc it's just like yeah one foot in front of the other it was it was really just a matter of of do your best every day show up fight for it and Amazing. hopefully stick around like do that. that's and, awesome I was again. I, I always think I'm just. I was lucky enough that it worked out. Like it just kept going, and um, at any point they could have said, "Yeah, we got you know too many people on, or they're cutting budget, or whatever." Because they were yeah. they were extremely frugal. They, it sounds like they had a huge budget, and they did. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of that goes to other places, like the the allotments for the way the funds get pushed around on a movie set would boggle your mind sometimes. Like there's. Man. And not to bring any other department down, but sometimes you'll see right. significant amounts of money go in one direction. And you're like, I'm not even talking about cast and producers and directors. I mean, like in weird directions that you're like, wow, they spent that much on, <laughs> one, I don't know, a yeah. coat or whatever. And you're like, yeah, just one of those would have paid for five stunt people for three weeks of rehearsal or whatever. It's just like, wow, some there's some mind boggling numbers that kind of happen. Yeah. 
it just is what it is. Like it's the nature of the beast and, and it's what things cost and, and whatever. But you'd be surprised how many times you have to fight tooth and nail to get a couple of people for a couple of days rehearsal wow. that would yeah. literally save thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars wow. for one day of shooting. And it, oh, it's, yeah. it's hard because you want to, you want to justify stuff. And sometimes there's like this, well, what are we paying them for? You know, they're the best. They're supposed to show up and be amazing. But, yes. Yeah. But you also have to integrate them with cast and you got to know the set you're working with. Right. Rigging and like there's other stuff that goes into so much that goes into it. And also there's something to be said for getting it approved in advance and getting feedback and having oh. time to make adjustments and fix it so you're not looking foolish on the day in front of everybody trying to like just make, make it work. Yeah. I'd way rather have the rehearsal time than have to make it work on the day. And I'm everybody yeah. would. Well, because everything's pre you know, previs on it. Just that that yeah, preparation. I mean, yeah, the more prep that you have, and I'm not saying that you should have extended amounts of time with 100 people sitting around picking their notes. Absolutely not. Right. But if you can be judicious enough and break it down in a way that it makes sense, having those extra days, like, for example, you get on the day shoot and each minute costs you like $2,500, $3,000 per wait. minute that you're teaching <laughs> someone how to do three or four punches and they have to get it good enough to film it in like yeah. add up those minutes. That's like people's mortgages every minute <laughs> yeah. to, like what are you talking about so when you put it into those bottom line kind of terms people get it yeah it no sense but it's funny how frustrating it is and how hard it is sometimes to get that in advance so that you don't have to waste any time on set it's weird yeah and, and it's unbelievable and i've seen it even i brought this up before but it's even helped uh get people roles like very famously uh toby mcguire for like spider-man Right. Like they, don't, they don't want him, and he's he got a, he got a buddy, uh, <laughs> and they like like oh, like basically like a previous uh, kind of shot with it, and they're like, oh okay, I, you got to show him sometimes. It, it it's it very interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, I hear sometimes like actors that you expect got offered a role, auditioned for it like four or five times. It's funny. I was watching two GQ interviews recently with Russell Crowe and uh, Killian Murphy. Both oh, of them wow. talked about roles that I assumed that they were like shoe-ins for, that they auditioned over and over. Like Russell Crowe said this one story about he was in L.A. for L.A. Confidential and rehearsing already, and the director wanted him, but the studio and his friends were like telling him they were going to put Sean Penn in that role, and then they cut off his hotel, and he was sneaking down the back stairs to not bump into the hotel manager to have to explain what was going on. You're like – you're kidding, right? No, it's like those things happen, and it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre because the director yeah. sees it in the guy, and no one else does because they're like, he's not in there yet. I'm not this guy. Yeah. It's it's and unbelievable. Fact, like he was the only person you could have ever used, but you hear those right. fights. You know, Killian Murphy, I think, for uh, 28 days later, auditioned several times wow. before he landed that role, and you're like, really? <laughs> It's crazy, right? Like, who else would have done that? It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, if you want it bad enough, you you know, right? Like you're gonna pursue it and figure a way to do it. Um, yeah. Let's dive in this next one. This is a little more, I guess, in futures thing, and, and we could talk about it enough because there's things out about it. Uh, and that is uh, the Loki uh, TV show they're gonna be doing for Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, when I, why I bring that up? Because again, I love that dynamic of like. Okay, I start off in stunts. 
I work my way. I'm doing stuff coordination. Oh, now, now you're, you're really starting diving into more things with this. You, is there, you don't have to tell plot or anything like that, but you just kind of, you know, setting things up for that. Yeah, it's, that was, that was a great one. Um, we had to stop like two weeks into shooting, which sucks. So there's still a lot more to do. So there's not a lot really yeah. that I can tell you, but during the prep for that one was really interesting because as a character, you know, Loki, um, he's so character plot driven with everything that he does. Sure. Like he's so calculating um, that for his character, it's really fun to be able to get him in the room and play with how do we drive your story and dialogue forwards within the action. So I will say, without giving anything away that as, yeah. as the action in that one unfolds, it's really as integral as we can make it to what's happening story-wise, which has been a really great growing experience um, for me for, for, for helping to design with actors more so than just design it with stunts and then plug actors in. Yeah. It's really um, for us a show where we've, because he really wants to train a lot and he's an athlete, like he's really driven. Really? He's got some dance background and he's a physical guy. Like every, before every take, he'll do, you know, 20 squats and sprint back and forth. Like he just like warm up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, he's really, he's physically integrated into everything that he's doing. And he's a wonderful actor, which is great because we really get his mindset into what the performance is. And wow. when he delivers it, it's really balletic. It's really elegant. It's really intriguing. Yeah. And it's really got this great um, mindset of he's setting you up, but he has three other things in mind. So there's a lot of, we have a lot of fun just sort of playing with that strategy yeah. idea with is, you know, we're not just going for one goal. He's got something else in mind. So trying to, trying to, I don't know if we'll succeed or not, but I'm putting it out there that, you know, yeah. our endeavor is that we are in, uh, trying to structure it in a way that works with his personality and his character's goals, which is fun. It's That's really, awesome. really intriguing. Yeah, we're not just like, get to that corner over there, you know, right. trying to really get there in a unique way as much <laughs> as possible. You know, so many people are very, you know, super excited for for these Marvel uh, TV shows come on, mm -hmm. on Disney Plus and and uh, that one, you know, more I think more so than any, just because you know the, what he brings to the table with that character and everything. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, re really looking forward to seeing your guys work with that. And I, yeah, I know everything's like middle <laughs> production, or and, and I know everybody's drying oh, yeah. up at home. Like there's, you well, know, TV shows. To be honest, they could have rewritten everything that I have already done on it. I don't know, so it might <laughs> oh, no. all change it. I don't know. But Come we did on. did start. We've done one action sequence. And a little bit of running around, but not too much. So honestly, oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I may not have any of the answers regardless of who you asked. <laughs> Go back and, hey, okay, I guess yeah, we're doing well, this now. That's <laughs> not what I recall. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, again, you know, you being involved in just such big projects and and repeated, you know, repeatedly coming back, uh, whether it's as a, a stunt double or or working with people. And it's, again, it's just testament to your abilities and just your, your professionalism and attitude. Uh, so I, I think that's very admirable. Um, but again, that's my job <laughs> is, is the recount to all the amazingness here. Cause it is, it's, it, I think, you know, a lot of the stunt performers and that background, you know, uh, more, uh, credit where credits do and just the amount of stuff, you know, like I said, I, I, we'd be here like all day or maybe a couple, like the whole week, really going every single thing you've been a part of. Um, but you know, I thought this uh, was awesome cause it's such a, a funny scene. 
uh, in the in the movie, uh, this means war. <laughs> yeah, and you probably know the, the specific scene I'm bringing up, and that's is like the paintball. Uh, yes, uh, the scene where he's just raising hell yeah. through the whole course, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that looked like it was a lot of fun to shoot. Was, uh, was there a lot uh, for a shot like that? How long is previs to prep and things like that for it? So interesting story about that one is we did some, and then they enjoyed it so much that we actually did some additional later because really? they wanted to fill it out a little more. But um. Yeah, it was actually for that sequence, funnily enough, uh, I got the job because another guy wasn't available, which I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> but he recommended me, which was really cool. Okay, uh, cool. Um, so Jeff Haberstadt and Marnie Ng and myself went to this paintball park. We just sort of spent a day um, looking at all the stuff and saying, hey, could you do that? And, uh, I could try Hey, what about this? You know, you need to put a wire on you there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's try it out. We'll put some pads down and try it, make up a couple of flight beats. And we, we kind of like marked it out. Um, okay. And then we got there on the day and they went like, wait a second. This isn't big enough. It's not cool enough. We're like, okay, well, let's try and make it cool. And anyway, watch this. So it was like one of those where we chased our tail a little bit. Because right. um, we didn't, there wasn't a lot of money on that. There wasn't a lot of time. Like, Oh, okay. Thinking about it now, you're like, oh, Tom Hardy and Chris Pine were huge stars. But at the yeah. time, nobody knew who Tom Hardy was. He had done Bronson. Oh, yeah. Which was, was great. Kind of amazing, right? And oh. that was kind of that was what everybody sort of knew him as. And yeah. nobody really knew the name yet. Like he, and funnily enough, yeah. what he even said to me, is like, it's weird being on the verge of like breaking out because yeah. who do you get advice from? That was something really that stuck with me because uh -huh. he said, Anybody can give you advice about divorce or bankruptcy, but mm -hmm. who gets celebrity advice from? Yeah, who great question. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I never thought of that. <laughs> it's an amazing, it's an amazing <laughs> question. I, I mean, not me, clearly. <laughs> and, you know, so he was trying to, he was friends with Leo from uh, doing Inception. And Inception hadn't quite oh, come out yeah. before he started shooting that. But it was like, he was kind of new to the, he wasn't new to the game. He'd been acting for you know a decade or more, but he, yeah, hadn't, a long time. he hadn't broken through yet, you know. It was still it was still kind of early and he was, was still even like Star Trek Nemesis or like he was like like a exactly yeah, and he, he thought time. he was gonna be a huge star after that and nothing really happened for a while. And yeah, exactly. That was it. It was kind of his his only role. He's actually a little bit younger than me, which was kind of funny. Oh really? He, yeah, he's a couple months younger than I. Yeah, we sort of we talked about like stuff. Conversations like that would happen. We were like, well, I really want to be this way because this is the kind of actor I want to portray. And he did. Yeah. Like after that, while we were shooting down in Didwetis County, which turned out to be called Lawless, uh, with oh, Shia yes. LaBeouf, yeah. that was the, the runner. And he was kind of testing out what he wanted to do for Bane when he did that role. And then he got big and went and did oh, okay. Bane. And then, um, I had moved to LA at that point and he, uh, or they were going to do additional photography. They weren't sure if they were going to do it in LA or Vancouver. Um, they eventually decided on LA and they were like, well, tell us what your rate is. If you can prove your rate, we'll fly you down. I was like, just tap oh. me. I'm here already. And they were like, Oh, okay, cool. So then with Joey box, we did the additional for, uh, oh, for, for gotcha. the war in Los Angeles. That, interesting. And Joey box actually is kind of how, what happens next because I went to do a show with Till Schweiger in Germany and I came back and I was like, I should send Joey a happy Easter. And he goes, happy Easter. How tall are you? <laughs> I might have a guy with a double. <laughs> and so I got to jump on a plane and go out to Louisiana. And 
meet Tom Cruise. And so he was like, wow. you know, worst case scenario, you come out, hang out. It doesn't work out. You get to, you know, hang with us for a couple of days and go home. If it works yeah. out, you might do this thing. I'm like, I, Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh. That's unbelievable. Yeah. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah. And I told my wife, I'm like, and she's like, what? Yeah. What? That's a double taker. Oh, no, no. Okay, sure. Cool. This is it. Well, you got to work yeah, yeah. several times, like, right? Like Oblivion. Was it for Oblivion? It for or, Oblivion. Okay, or, or is Jack Reacher the, the sequel to Jack No, Jack Reacher, Reacher was later. So Oblivion okay. was the deal. And it was literally like, hey, come out. Gave me, Rob, Rob Alonzo was coordinating, and Joey Box was there. This is guy and, and doing their thing together. And uh, they had worked out this fight with a, a couple of other guys. And his main guy, uh, Casey, was coordinating the Lone Ranger at the time. And so he wasn't, wow. couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do this one fight because it wasn't like work all the way through. It was just a little bit of work on the show. So they weren't going to carry him for the whole run or anything. Gotcha. Then, okay. Uh, so, so he was like, well, you know, I got this opportunity to coordinate. I'm going to do that. And he did. And then so they tried to use some of the guys that they already had on. And for whatever reason, Tom kind of was like, okay. Uh, that's unbelievable. I don't know. And then, and then for whatever reason, it, it worked out. It, yeah. Like, it just kind of it, – it, it fit enough that it works. So I came out. I watched the iPad fight, and they were like, "Okay, Tom's coming. Get in the room. We're gonna we're gonna walk through this." So we walked through it, and I, I'm pretty sure it was because I was just the last ditch effort. They didn't have another choice. So like, he's great. It looks awesome, Tom. Yeah, good. Looks good. Put that on the resume. We're good. <laughs> It'll be fine. That's unbelievable. I, that's the other thing. I, I had a little uh, kind of segment I did, was doing my my jujitsu school of jujitsu in the movies. Right. Well, most, most famously, right. It's like lethal weapon. You're right. Yeah. Because the Gracie's help uh, uh, with that. And then, uh, but yeah, I, that was one, like Tom Cruise when he's fighting <laughs> himself yeah. and he's and going through that, that whole sequence. And it's, it's oh, great. Right. Yeah. It, uh, unbelievable uh, work. That was another uh, phenomenal movie as well. well um, Rob, Rob's a genius with his choreography mm. and Tom and him have a great relationship. And so he worked me and we got to the point where we could mirror each other and we both did both sides of it. And, uh, they did some magic comping his head on my body and vice versa. And, and you know, two, two days of fighting in Louise in Baton Rouge. It was Baton Rouge in really? And it was hot. Oh my God, it was hot. We oh, were wearing basically motorcycle leathers. So I was about to say it was like this white outfit. <laughs> it looked like a, like a white light outfit, but it was leather. It was just motorcycle leathers that were adapted for this costume. <laughs> it's like, would my character be sweating profusely? I feel like he would be but, sweating profusely. <laughs> it was a lot. It was hot. Oh man! <laughs> if you've been to Baton Rouge, you know it gets hot there. So it was. It was well, question. Um, like, what? What? Um, I guess what we one one of the craziest stunts you ever had to do. Like, what? What kind of popped in your head? Just man, this is this is nuts. I, I see. That's a, that's a tricky question because mm -hmm. what isn't nuts about doing stunts for a living? <laughs> what isn't nuts about? Getting yeah. ratted through a wall or falling off of a building, <laughs> go through a window, an airbag. What? Yeah, I mean, what isn't crazy about getting hit by a car? Oh, it's only going, you know, sixteen miles an hour, but yeah, it spit you off the hood into the air and you land on your head. I mean, what's not crazy about it? But at the same time, it's so calculated and so yeah, you know, it's as risk averse as you can get for any extreme sport. It's like, yeah, okay. What's crazy? What's not crazy about? Um, uh, wingsuiting off the side of a fjord in Norway. Like, what's not crazy about, uh, you know, free flying, skydiving? What's not crazy about motorcycle racing? You're risking your life doing it. 
either way. And I think that, again, it's like we have this perception, and not to discredit the question in any way, but we have this perception yeah, that those things are, are careers. Those things are sports. But stunts are kind of crazy. Oh, I see like what you're stunts saying. Yeah. Are the, the Great point. And that isn't the fa- that isn't the case. So for me, I don't look at anything that I've done as crazy. I think everything that I've done was calculated. And um, I think same goes for any stunt performer that isn't a Yahoo. Any stunt performer that's good at their job is very calculated and takes account for the risk that they're doing. They know what's in their wheelhouse. They know what they're capable of, even if they've never done it before. Yeah. And they're doing something new. They're pushing the limits a little bit, but they understand that if I just give this, and I tell you, honestly, every time I've ever been injured is because mm-hmm. I didn't go 110%. Anytime I've ever been hurt. Interesting. Otherwise, and you probably know it from Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Anytime you're a little lackadaisical yeah. or whatever, you like jam the thumb in the mat and crank it, crank it joints. Or like, cut out, especially, uh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, especially like judo. So, you know, it's, it's full totally. throw. Yeah, a little like, oh, I'm going to go in on, you know, do this break fall a little lazy. And you get in and you just it's crank your shoulder blade through. You're like, oh, God. I, you know, because you didn't hit that mat in the right. It's, that's what it is, really. For me, I don't, I don't really think of any of it as crazy. I think of yeah. it all as very calculated, calculated. and very precise. Mm-hmm. And Tactical it, and calculated. It's a career, just like motorsports, just like pro yeah. fighting, just like anything. It's calculated risk. There's a chance of injury. It's, you know, you go in the yeah. military, you don't look at it as like, yeehaw. I mean, you might say that once in a while, but that's because your ass is on the line. Yeah, you know, right. you got to fire yourself fire up to get You got to fire up. Yeah. But any athlete has to do that. You got you to gotta be super focused and you got to be super sharp. Or you're going to get hurt, maybe die. That that's an amazing amazing point, and 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 look on it. Yeah, uh, I I was going to ask too. Like, <clears throat> you know, as far as in, you know, it's not the most natural career to jump into. <laughs> and you know, no pun intended there, but it's sure. true. And, and and yeah, there's calculated risk and everything, but it is yeah, it is a, a career uh, more uh, so than like, I like how you compare that to like just combative sports or or football or whatever. Now, yeah. did you ever have like a, a, a what is like the biggest injury you ever had on set? And then how did you kind of in time over overcome that? I've actually been really lucky with my set injuries. I've had concussions and I've had lots of stitches, wow. um, but I haven't broken any bones on set, which is also awesome. quite unusual in, in my profession. Yeah. Um, I've torn some ligaments. I've uh, separated my shoulder. Um, Man. I blew my ACL, but that was in a fight competition. That was in pancreation fight. And oh, I wow. landed on my arm training once. Uh, actually, it was for an audition. I was auditioning, and I, I messed up. Someone was throwing my leg, and I was back flipping. And I came out a little wonky, and I put my hand back, and I bent my elbow Oof. behind my hand behind. So I've done, like, the whole wishbone arm thing, um, oh. which sucked. But it yeah. was my own fault because I mistimed. And, I, you know, again, it was that I didn't give it that 100% commit and go. I hesitated a little, and in my hesitation, I ended up, you know, something went wrong. And not to say that all injuries happen that way. Sometimes injuries happen because it's a matter of course. Sometimes a stunt is very dangerous, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing that you can do. It's part of it. It's it's absolutely 100% a part of it. There's times when things just doesn't line up, doesn't happen exactly how it's supposed to, and, you know, you end up – a car's a little hotter, you're jumping a little deeper, something's going off. It just, these things happen. Always when the camera rolls, you get a little more fired up, your adrenaline's up, so you jump a little farther, 
you hit things a little harder. It's just natural. That's just how it goes. So when you rehearse yeah. it, maybe you were like, you're in the zone and then you focused on that zone, but you weren't ready for the extra amperage that you get when the cameras roll. Those right. things happen. Those things happen too, you know. Uh, uh, and a lot of that control comes from time under time behind the wheel. You know, I see. The yeah. pressure of performing gets yeah. easier with years of performing. It's it's uh, it's just you know, experience is everything. That that makes so much sense. I, mean, I have a more of a you know, as far as the entertainment industry, more a musical background. I was a professional yeah. guitarist, travel around and stuff, and mm. with bands. And uh, yeah, it's just saying you know, the more you do it, the more you just it's yeah, like anything else, behind the wheel, time behind the you, wheel. You know, you know when to chill. You know, um, one thing someone spoke to me about a lot was you know before a fight. You know, your coach will like get you to hit the pads a lot and get you to kind of get sweating. And you're like, why am I getting tired before I'm about to fight? But you notice if you don't do that, you don't get that adrenaline spike that burns you out. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you um, if you get in the ring kind of cold, then you gas really quick because that adrenaline spikes and your blood rushes and the, that fight or flight that kicks in. You kind of got to like get over that hump and then settle again. And then you kind of have that smooth ride up yeah. in your energy. Where, but if For you sure. don't do it, you burn out really quick. There's Real sort of, quick. That, but you don't learn that without doing it. You don't learn that without the experience of, of getting in there or performing, or whether it's music or fighting or or, or, or any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, every, everybody you know has that. You know, like or you mentioned like uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, doing the squats and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prepping. Everybody's got that. My favorite is that that famous like uh, Jack Nicholson right before uh, he's got to go. Here's Johnny. And he's like, yeah. ah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's revving up, getting psycho, and he's like, "Let's yeah, go!" Yeah. <laughs> um, now, this other, so yeah, I'd like to go back into this. Uh, you know, I, you know how I, I imagine it has something to do with the numerous times you, you were doing Stargate, uh, like TV shows and things like that, which were also amazing. Uh, but meeting your wife uh, Rachel Luttrell, yeah. uh, yeah. you got the little one there. Uh, oh, how yeah, did that? Yeah. Holy cow! He's yeah, yeah. almost my height now, by the way. Yeah, they go quick. They go quick. I got two. He's not even thirteen yet. He's like up here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's like catching up to me. Oh no! I'm not very tall. Don't get me wrong, but he's like. <laughs> so yeah, uh, did you guys? Was it through Stargate uh, TV series? You kind of met we through actually, there. We actually met through mutual friends. Um, wow. Jason Momoa had just got to town. Uh, okay. For the show. And Rachel took him out for dinner, and then they met up with some of the other stunt guys to go kind of drink beers and hang out and whatever. And uh, I got a call from one of them who was like, hey, come out. We're going out for dinner. We got some of the cast of this. We're just going to go hang out. And we ended up going to Reggae Night in Vancouver. And oh, wow, really? Gastown, yeah. And then we hit it off. We just danced and talked a lot. I didn't see her for a few months after that, but, you know, we really kind of connected that night. Um, Jason takes credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long story, but it's, yeah, it's a fun that's story. awesome. Um, so, but yeah, we, we hung out and, and got to know each other that night. And then I, I did do another episode uh, of Stargate Atlantis, and I saw her on the set and broke protocol and was like, I get you. And she yeah. was like "Yes, hey, it takes what it takes." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not it's generally frowned upon to do that type of thing but i'll post a couple pictures here um <laughs> yeah, we'll get some throwbacks for you here as well yeah boom yeah, <laughs> yeah get some old school old school yeah. memories for you man here <laughs> like, God, 
yeah. early 2000s. Memory Lane, man. Uh, that's amazing. And, and I'll talk more about her on her episode, of course. You know, save some for that. Um, but it's amazing, you know. And I don't know, it, what's that like? You know, um, you know, like I said, I, I have more of a music background thing. So if I'm on stage, I get an immediate reaction of like, okay, they're, you know, the them liking it or not liking it or whatever. Um, you know, we've had people on have done TV, movie, and video games. And video games, that's real hard. You, you don't see oh, it. Oh, yeah, because no one cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you don't get to see the reaction at all. Uh, I imagine maybe you get to a premiere or see the movie in the theater with the crowd. You can see the reaction. What is what is that like for you when you see that the end product? You know, I gotta say, okay. So first of all, the performing in the moment because I know there's a difference. Live performance. Yes. Is, you know, your crowd reaction, you feed off of that. It's a bit different. Like for actors, theater, they can feel the response, the room moves. You get, right. You, that's one thing. I, I feel like on set, depending on your team and depending on the director, you'll either get like a great moving on and you're like, okay, good. I guess I'm done. I'll move <laughs> off. Or you'll get like a pat on the back or, you know, there's sometimes, sometimes people will cheer. I haven't seen it in a while, but. You know, sometimes you do a cool stunt or a great fight. People are like, they'll give you your six seconds. And you're like, oh, cool. Yay, I'm, 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 I'm okay. And then, uh, you know, you move on with your day and everyone forgets about it. And I don't give a shit. But I think all it's it's always fun. And maybe it's just me. I don't know. I love movies. So it's, it might be different for me than other people. I know there's some people like, I never watch what I do. And I, I like to make movies, but I don't do it. But I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I, I enjoy films. It's not so much because I want to see what I did in it, but because I want to see how the picture turned out. Because I, like, yeah. I like the work, and I like to be proud of the work that I do. And I, as you said, I've been lucky enough that I've gotten to work um, on some really good ones. I've, I've yeah. been in, in that, and I feel like that progress is is worthy of the time to go and spend that two hours in the theater and watch it happen. Right. Because there's so and much competition. It's you know. gratifying. Yeah, no, it's it's gratifying to, to see the final product and, and see that it turns out well or, or doesn't. Sometimes it's terrible and you're like, yeah. like uh, <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But Jack Reacher for me was one of those where it was so oh, excited because the first one was awesome and I was like, it was a bit of a sleeper because there was that shooting at the same time. So they didn't really advertise it. And then it sort of, Oh yes. The radar a little bit, but the movie was really good. And then they did the sequel and I was like, yes, I'm going to get to do this. It's so cool. And seeing Tom again was cool. Cause he was like, Hey man, great to see you. Like he's yeah. really engaging and shakes your hand, looks you in the eye. He's super awesome. Out, like, like he talks to everybody. And How'd you do that? You know, what would you, can you, can you, you know, and you talk about it like he's oh, really, cool. really being you talk shop you could talk shop Dude. and then he'll talk. sit and like anecdotal he'll sit and chat about like <laughs> this one great moment where he's talking about i don't want to watch an indie film man i don't want to i don't want a down ending like who wants that <laughs> a bunch of sadness <laughs> at the end the hell's a man what are you talking about i want to see a movie with a happy ending man i want to see a movie with a happy ending right? and he's very you know adam it's got a that. great point yeah <laughs> But you're like, yeah, well, am I going to go sit there for two hours and it's miserable at the end? Like, what's the point of that? It's terrible. That's yeah, escapism, was, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was the catharsis at the end. He's like, just really like, that's a terrible thing to do. Why would I do that? That's awful. <laughs> he's, just, he's very funny. He takes himself, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He'll crack jokes. He'll that's like, got to be like a secret to the recipe, you know? I think so. He like kick my leg harder. Like, what do you mean? I don't know what he's like. You got perfect precision, man. Just kick. Just give me a little more. You're not gonna hurt me. I promise. If you do hurt me, I'll cry. You yeah, know, it's like that. Kind of, <laughs> cry if you hurt me. Let's go method here, man. Let's go. 
it's great. Just hit it. And they're like, oh, all right, sure, here you go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pop some pictures up here. Um, unfortunately, with uh, uh, a lot of stunts, whether it's stunt performance or choreography, it doesn't really – go into like what you did so yeah. i'm not even gonna sit and go like uh, I, I always like to compare like chris farley's <laughs> character on saturday lives like remember when you're in that movie that was awesome <laughs> totally uh, yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna pop this in here especially uh cherry pick some favorites my my oldest daughter uh she's 19 uh we we uh, bond okay. over movies my little one she's in a bunch of, uh, she's super in steven universe so when oh, cool. she heard like roundabout way uh, uh, Rachel's sister, I uh, was yeah, Erica. Yeah. Erica. Is in there. She's like, what? And I'm like, so uh, uh, keep calm. We, we maybe hook you up. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pop some up here that are just uh, are badass. And if they uh, bring up any memories for you, just sure. chi chime in. Uh, one hands down, Zombieland, oh, yeah. double tap. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, I love the first and second one, especially like that little guest thing at the end with uh, Bill Murray it was just like <laughs> a nice surprise. <laughs> So yep. Bill Murray, right? Uh, but please go ahead. Uh, anything, if that pops in, any memories for you uh, filming this? Zombieland was super cool because we got to be really hands-on. Um, oh, cool. What, what scenes did you uh, particular were you involved with? All of them. We did top to bottom. Wow. So I actually was, I just finished doing a series in the Dominican and uh, Glenn Foster, who was the coordinator on it, along with Marcus Roundquist. Sorry, I'm plugging my computer in. Go for it. Uh, called me to see if I could come up, but I was not quite available at the end of the year, 2018. And then, okay. um, but I came back in time for Christmas, whatever, and then January 5th, we started on it. And basically we had, uh, <clears throat> over here near Pinewood Studios, there's a, a school across the street with a gymnasium. We basically had the oh. gymnasium to ourselves, and they're like, here's the screenplay, here's some storyboards, go to town. So we got to really just make up everything. You know, it was, oh, um, man, that's amazing. We'd talk through stuff and block it out, and we shot all the previews for it and got to, you know, design the whole winner in the Hound Dog Hotel with the, the you know, oh, the main wow. cast. They first meet Rosario Dawson's character and with Luke Wilson. And, and, and what uh, a great uh, addition to the, to the lineup, by the way. It just really sold it. And I love the whole like clashing yeah. of heads between those guys. It's so fun. And uh, again, yeah. it was like we got to start walking out this thing is they're like, we don't know what it is. Go, go ahead. Um, so we, you know, marked it out in tape on the floor with boxes and we sort of designed it. And then we got to go to the actual set. We marched through it, pitched it to the director and he liked where it was going. Then we got the cast in and we marched, you know, Luke and Woody oh, cool. through wow. it. And then they're like, well, what could I do here in this moment? I can deliver this dialogue and start talking about, oh yeah, what was Elvis's horse's name? And they started spitting the dialogue <laughs> back and tying that all into the, the action beats and, delivering lines while they're in the middle and, you know, swipe them on the table. He's like, you want to trade? How, how would that benefit me? And all they're like, yeah. start yeah. adding their flavor to the thing as we went. And it was just super fun. Now for and you, it stuck to it shot for shot. So it was like, that's amazing. Did that. it was great. For you, like, like when you go over something like that with the script, I imagine, um, you know, obviously you got the dialogue, you're trying to tell the story. Like how, do you, how are you coming up with ideas uh, to, to, for the beats and things like that. Like, is it obviously experience and all that, but uh, what is that for you? Like when you take, take a part of this dialogue, the scene, it's a combination of things, I think, because there's sometimes scenes are scripted and they want particular beats to happen at certain points in the story. And other ones are just like, and fight scene ensues. And this is where it ends. So it gives uh, us a beginning and an end and we take it wherever we want. And again, in those cases where they just give you a beginning and an end, 
the trick is to find the moments within it that can the serve moments. Okay, form. yeah. yeah. So within that, so you could say break it into five sections. You could take gags A, B, C, and D, and E, and then make them for which actor. And then what you got to do is you got to separate it into where do we use our doubles, where do we plug our actors in, what coverage are we going to get for the cast, what coverage are we going to know that we can pull it apart and use our doubles and get away with it. And the best thing to do is is sell it and pitch it that way with titles on your previous because otherwise they're like, we're going to shoot the master, we're going to shoot the whole room. And then you have to do this entire sequence with your doubles, and then they cut into it whenever they want, and it's terrible. Which is often oh. how TV goes. TV will be like, "We're over here." Okay. Do the whole thing. Like, there's three wire gags in it. Yeah. And you're like, it's awful, and they're like, hmm. it works. <laughs> moments with the actor's face and we'll chop it into whatever we want they don't care so that's why i prefer, I prefer features because they give well, you because television they, they it's more rapid too it's, right totally it's it's production line versus art artistry you know you get right. you get a half a day to shoot what you get a week to shoot on a feature and it's just, it's oh, no. and these days it's mm, it's closer because they're doing a lot of these feature quality tv shows they, they are man there's some things schedules are starting to merge a little bit you're starting to get the whole we're going to do, you know, give you a full day if we don't go over on dialogue. And then you're like, we've only got a quarter day left. Can we shoot this already? They're like, mm. <laughs> it seems like, up day, like mm, it's the similar, like, like uh, you see like comic book artists, you got the artist and the dialogues down there. It's like, eh, the whole page is a dialogue box. Like, no, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll pop in a couple more in here that, yeah. This one, another one of my all-time favorite franchises, and you got to be involved oh, yeah. uh, very heavily in that. We actually had a guy who worked on these two movies, uh, Steve yeah. Wang, on the show okay. uh, about a week ago. He did like the prosthetics and things like that, oh, uh, yeah, special cool. effects. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What was it like for you? And and, uh, and you can also dive into any memories that. So Awakening was was great because it was it was a relatively early show for me. It was what 2004 we filmed it, I believe. I think it yeah. came out maybe 2005 or 2006. Yeah. But it was, I think, 2004, the winter of 2004, 2005. Yeah. Um, and I was still sort of coming out of day playing quite a bit and getting more into, like, some short runs on features. And Brad Martin was coordinating it. And they came up, and they did an audition in town. And so I got to, like, go in there with a couple of guys that I was training with a lot. And, oh, and cool. Okay. So it chose us to do it. And it was funny because I ended up getting it. Me and one other guy that I, the, the guy that I auditioned with ended up getting it. But my oh, really? said 5'10", and his said 5'9". And he didn't get it because of the 5'9". Mine said 5'10". But I'm not actually full 5'10". Like, that was like, put 5'10 on your resume, you'll get way more work. And, you know, like, okay. <laughs> they were like, they were like so, they were the kiss choosers. <laughs> so I go and I rehearse this air round backwards. We're doing a backwards air round through a oh, wall okay. horn. So I had oh. to, like, it was pretty precision. I had to nail it, and it had to be pretty good. And, they were, you know, Todd Schneider and tested me all day long. And Brad was like, okay, cool. So he's our guy. We're going to do this thing. And is perfect for the fight stuff. So we're good. <clears throat> and I go for the wardrobe fitting. And the wardrobe woman looks me up and down like this. And she's like, you are not 5'10". <laughs> My husband's 5'8". And I'm like, oh, well, I rehearsed the thing already. And, you know, and, and, <laughs> we're here. Happy. And, and so she's like, oh, she tried to get me fired. Again, they got me on the phone. Really? Like, it's not going to work. It's uh -huh. not going to work. This is not going to happen. It's way too short. 
And then oh, we yeah. ended up getting there on the day and, you know, standing next to guys on horses and whatever. And there was, yeah, no, right. there was no difference. Everyone was kind of the same. A <laughs> little hill, a little dirt, you stand on it. Like, totally yeah. fine. Like, there's nothing to worry about. But yeah. she got really upset. <laughs> Okay. I, you know, I don't like to say that happens often, but that's yeah. that's great though. I like <laughs> like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm like fearing for this job. I'm gonna lose so much time on the show. Oh no. That means that I'm not gonna eat for six months. No, I'm kidding. Right. But, You're thinking like, the whole line. How are you taking money from people's mouths without like even discussing options? Like, how about lifts? Mm, it's yeah. not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was like problematic right out of the gate. Wow. Oh my god. Anyway, it turned out great. We had this set built and it was on, I think, Mount Seymour in Vancouver. And it was supposed to be, you know, green and wooded and foresty. And With all the werewolves? Yeah. But the day before we shot, it dumped snow. So they're like, oh, oh okay. Well, I guess it's in the snow now. <laughs> so now the whole scene opens and it's snowing and it's all white. Oh, wow. It turned out really cool. Like, it was a great sequence. And we shot there, I think, 10 days up on the mountainside and did all these cool fights and horses. That's the, the intro to the movie, correct? Yeah, it was the opening. Oh, so badass. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was super fun. We did, you know, it was like five guys on foot and eight guys on horses and, you know, a couple of doubles. And whatever. And we just kept fighting the same. Rich Citrone was the guy in the wolf suit. So he had to, like, put this oh, no. suit and, rah, and smash people. And then they'd have a couple of CG ones in the background. Basically, one dude in the suit killing everyone. Poor guy. <laughs> Because <laughs> they had these stupid leg stilts, and if you didn't yeah. see legs, they would not use those. But it was just awful, you know. Electronic well, uh, head on it, he couldn't see anything, and he's trying not to cut. <laughs> you know, the whole deal. It was super fun. Well, the, the, when, I, when I talked to, to let you know, a little background you may not know is yeah. when I talked to Steve Wang. Yeah. Uh, he, he, when he's working, uh, what is it, Peter? Uh, I always mispronounce the Testopolis. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, so Steve Wang's like, wait, you want them on stilts? Right. <laughs> And animatronic heads. What are you uh, crazy? Out of your mind. And that's fine if you're on a sound stage for like frames yeah. of uh, Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. You get like the close up and that that's great. But man, you want to do in the snow chasing horses on no, it's retarded. You can't. It's, but it worked out in the end. We did, we did some fun stuff there, so it was pretty cool. That's pretty amazing, man. Uh, and then I got to get back onto Evolution, which mm -hmm. was 2010, I think. So like half a decade later, Brad came back up to town and was like, what are you up to? Working for you, hopefully. This time it didn't matter, which is yeah. great. Okay. But, but this time I got to get in early and do all the previs and test and proof. Um, oh, cool! A guy named uh, Trevor Addy came in initially, and then he didn't stick around. And um, Richard Kane, who's a free runner guy, because they want to do all these cool like werewolves that are all like skinny oh, and cool. running and doing some stuff. So basically, him and I shot and edited everything, and tested and proved all the stunts for the movie, and um, brought in a couple of uh, like a couple of doubles, and, and then put them through the works and. and tested some stuff with them, but mostly it was just like me and one other guy got to get our asses handed to us for a few months, figuring out how everything worked and then uh, testing a bunch of wire stuff, getting that experience, all like giving PDFs of things, experience like what coordinating would become for me later down the road of like, hey, oh, cool. this set of guys that can drive cars and do this, that, and the other. Okay, cool. So started to like help them to make lists and present performers because up in Canada they just wanted some boots on the ground. He knew what oh, the, I the see. was like. 
Um, so I got to be helpful that way. And that was cool. A bunch of good experience. And, and so um, much is, is, you know, I mean, you can't help but make friends in this process, you know, oh, I mean, oh, oh, him and I are sorry. friends. To this day. He actually lives here in Georgia now too, which is great. So All right. not, yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to get into this too. We talked a little bit about uh, before uh, and we'll go dive right in. I thought it was just awesome. Uh, <laughs> Zarg attack. So my son wanted to, a robot a giant robot so i was like well, let's make a short film oh, I, was like, awesome. I don't know how to use a 3d program so i'll buy a little model and do stop motion yes where did you find those that's amazing so yes right. i built this little that was in our bedroom I oh built, really did, yeah built a little fake green screen sound stage and, and uh um made a robot for him to fight <laughs> and, and and what was that experience by the way what was that experience like you know working with your your son on this and super fun. It's super fun. Just um, helping to sort of turn his vision into reality. And like, he said, oh, I love the Zargs. The Zargs are coming. We're like, okay, cool. It's right. I had, I wanted Rachel to like pursue her writing more as well. Yes. You know, getting yes. gone away and she's really interested in, in doing some, something like opening up different avenues. And so like, well, you write it and I'll shoot it. But how about that? Sort of Man, I, I'd yeah. love that. We had like we had uh, not the name drop. I had Zoe Bell on the show. Yes, uh, so, yeah, yeah, so awesome. Um, but even you know, seeing her progress into not only uh, uh, stunt choreography, like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she got to yeah. be a part of that. But she's yeah. really diving into the directing part. And uh -huh. uh, you were, you know, I'll, I'll put this up here because I, I just love this aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that hooker's in the trunk <laughs> and you got to do more and more uh, involvement and things like that. You know, um, what, what's it like for you, you know, getting behind the camera and uh, not me, uh, mm -hmm. you weren't directing uh, necessarily, but like, you know. Well, that's debatable. But um, yeah. the, the story behind that was that me and these two girls, the Saska sisters, wanted to kind of Robert Rodriguez a, a film. It was like, oh, okay. I actually helped them. They were in a film school in Vancouver and someone didn't, they had an end of year project that they had to do. Um, and they were kind of pissed off because they're like, this film school is like really restrictive and they're twins and they're kind of like odd ducks. They're like horror films and they like love Grindhouse and whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. we want to do our final project, but we want to do everything on the list that it says don't do. We're going to do all those things. So they did it. And it was, it was funny. And I helped them, yeah. help them edit it so they could submit it for the end of the year. I was like, this is kind of funny. If you guys want to shoot something, let me know. I was like, if you here, I, I gave them my copy of Rebel Without a Crew, and they read it. Oh. And they were like, so let's feed out an idea for a story, and they wrote it in like a week. They put it together, and I was like, this is really funny. And they had some gags in there. I'm like, I can't get a bear to tear a girl's arm off at a campfire, oh. <laughs> but what about a truck driver in a truck? I could probably get a big dude who could drive a truck to go past fast, and we yeah. can <laughs> make something like that work. So, you know, I came up with the suggestions for what the gags were that we could do out of it. And between the three of us, plus there, uh, one of them was dating this guy named CJ Wallace at the time, who was, you know, kind of artsy, musical, and liked oh. to do a film work and whatever. And uh, um, so kind of the four of us figured out how to shoot this movie. <laughs> and if I wasn't in a scene, I was running camera or, or bringing in my stunt friends or getting lit on fire for it or doing whatever. So... That's Basically, amazing. I paid for pretty much the whole thing, like seven, eight. I think wow. it cost me seven and a half thousand bucks out of pocket. Wow. Okay. I mean, I think a lot of it too is just, just 
just do it, man. Just shoot or just. Exactly. Uh, we were in, the, in that mindset and we were naive enough to think, wait, we could do whatever. Why not? Let's do it. I, um, and so we just asked favors and begged and borrowed and stole whatever we could. That was my 69 <laughs> Firebird in the car, a car that was in the movie. And unfortunately, yeah. I've, I've had to sell it since, but it was, I love that thing. Super fun. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we just used what we had at hand and, and shot a fun, gross action flick. <laughs> I'll, they, I'll just kind of, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, suddenly they took it and sold it, and I didn't get in on the deal, but they're now directing, and I'm not. Unfortunately. Oh, wow, <laughs> man, let, just let me know. I know a guy. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. Um, I, I and just on that subject, you actually were nominated for editing. Uh, yeah, right. I, I won a cinematography award for that for Man, uh, that's Santa Monica short film. I think. Somewhere, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> and so you know, kind of going to the that's just the, kind of the future part of the the show mm -hmm. is you know what what are your future aspirations? Writing, directing, um, you know, producing <clears throat> things like that. Uh, I think I am only into producing because it's a means to an end. I don't feel like that's where my okay. ability lie. I much more interested in doing the creative stuff. Uh, I'm good. Awesome. I'm very technical. So, you know, I figured out how to edit because I want to know how to edit the visual effects that I do is because I want to show somebody what I kind of want and then have them do it better. Not because I, I want see, to yeah. be the next person, but I just sort of try to learn all the stuff that I want to be so I can communicate better what I would like. Yeah. Um, and eventually, hopefully in the not too distant future, I'd, I'd love to direct main unit. Uh, in the oh, meantime, cool. yeah. second unit and whatever, you know, with coordinating that I can do and you know, shooting projects on the side. But yeah, definitely my goal is to, to get behind camera. on the Amazing, man. Yeah. Um, well, I could talk your head off all day. There's still so much more. I mean, like Alien versus Predator, Requiem. I, I, we can go on all day. Uh, I do want to pop this up for people where they can, you know, find you online and, and contact and check you out. Um, so, you know, he's on all the social media here, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube channel. Definitely. Uh, I recommend checking that out guys. Uh, he's on IMDB, uh, and then check out feral, uh, child productions as well. Uh, is there anything else you want to kind of steer people towards that I didn't have up there? Or? I just want to say thank you very much. That was great. I think we covered a ton of wonderful things. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> down, it's, it's down memory lane. That's for sure. Yeah. Everybody watching and listening, thank you for uh, checking out the show. Until the next one, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the show. For more great interviews and content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legends and Master Show. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to go to our website, www.legendsandmastershow.com, and join our email list for all coming shows, events, and articles. See you on the next one.